Hey everybody, welcome into the Haven Podcast. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, and you may even also hear in the background a creaky cabinet as it comes back to me, but you are listening to me and I appreciate that. I hope you all are having an amazing weekend and I had an even better weekend. Uh, apologies again in advance for the delayed PSA announcement that I put up, how to remove recording, uh, crazy stuff just going on with work, equipment stuff, um, but... It's been good. I finally got the room set up a little bit. I got the new Wi-Fi in so I can actually get a signal decently and not have a download speed of negative five megabytes per second when it comes to video games and etc. But on today's episode, we're doing things a little bit different. Um, we are doing a dual pod. What is that? I don't know. I just made that term slash wordage usage up. So we'll see how it goes. So with that said... Um, we'll do the first half of video game focus, and then we'll do a little transition, and then we'll go over and pivot, pivot, to our weekly focus of TV and movies as well. And then I should also announce that this upcoming, or this current season, season two of the Haven podcast is unfortunately coming to an end. I actually checked it today when I was doing my research and notes, and I was like, holy shit, this is going to be episode 77 This is not an NBC network show in any way, shape, or form. So that was just like, holy crap, like how much of that was good? I'll let you all be the judge of that. Um, So with that said, we are going to be wrapping up this season, not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, So yeah, very, very fun, exciting times ahead. Uh, The missus and I are actually going on a little little vacation to Ireland. Very excited for that. She's just like a boss, been planning it like crazy, very excited, and we're going to be road tripping through Ireland. Um, So just cannot wait, going to go to a handful of Game of Thrones sites, which I will have plenty of pictures of, and I think, well, no, I'll be posting them on the Instagram when I get back. So that will be the end of season two. So season two finale coming up um, next week, and I'll have more further details once I kind of get a look at the calendar, and then as far as when we come back, eh, I'll let you know. (laughs) <laughs> we gotta i need a little break from this with the especially with the new job and everything um things are just crazy have not had a time to set a good routine and i feel like because of that there are certain times with the podcast itself it takes a backseat or a back burner and i hate doing that um i truly love this this is more than just an outlet for me it's something amazing it's something that i've spent a lot of time and a lot of energy building um and thanks to all of you, it's it's been amazing. So thank you yet again for that. But I definitely want to get more of a routine that can give the podcast its proper shine, its proper spotlight, if you will, that it absolutely deserves. And there's just a couple other things production-wise that I want to switch up and change. I want to kind of do some different stuff. I feel like I've gotten a little stagnant with season two and the formulas there. Um, but it's still going to be the... Haven podcast at at its core that you've come to know and love. I just want to kind of smooth out the edges a little bit and just give you guys a great show every weekend and week out and everything, whatever form that looks like and takes. I got a couple ideas, but yeah, we'll, we'll find out for season three and what have you. So with that said, though, enough PSAs, enough talk. Let's get into our weekly video game focus portion of this week's episode. So last week, um, Yikes. We talked about how, uh, or I went over 
just rock star and, and their shit with GT and their microtransactions. And even up to recently, too, I did mention on last week's episode how Bethesda, you know, they've they've been culprits of this as well. And I guess it's just gotten that freaking Wolfenstein game. I made mention that it was getting some horrible reviews. My goodness, I did not see this coming of how bad this game was. That they really just effed up that IP in so many ways with this spin-off game that they were trying to do. So, um, But with that said, Activision, of course, says, hey, what's up? Hold my beer. And they had a great little announcement a couple days ago where there's a little game that came out. I think it's a low 80s on Metacritic to kind of give you an idea of the ratings it got when it did come out. And it's Crash Bandicoot Team Racing Nitro, whatever the fuck they're calling it now, right? It's the reboot they did. So it came out, people seem to really enjoy it. But I guess from the research I've done, when this game came out a while ago, they actually do have developers on record at E3 of this past year saying, hey, we are not doing any sort of microtransactions with this game. So fast forward a couple months and um, people seem to really kind of enjoy the game, having a good time with it. They come across a shop in the game when it launches, though, that looks like a like you would find in a mobile game, a microtransaction shop of sorts. But there's no microtransactions to be found. OK, but it sure looks like one. And the developer says, hey, we're not doing them. OK, cool. Well, came out a couple days ago that they are indeed adding microtransactions to this game. So, whew rough oh my god where do i start with this one so my initial reaction seeing this i, I just want to like just take the chainsaw out put on the, the mask and just ugh, start carving into these assholes right but i'm not and the reason is because from what i could find i put this solely on i think actually yeah i put it solely on the players i put it solely on more importantly, the the media that's supposed to be covering this game. I think they completely dropped the ball on this. Prior to this, you had this conversation, prior to this conversation at E3 that media outlets did have with the developers of this game, there has been a, not a lot, but there's been several examples of developers or publishers lying about this, where they said, we're not doing anything microtransaction or we'll have just cosmetics, there'll be no pay to win functions. I mean, Fallout 76 jumps to mind. So you just took them at their word. No follow-up. And I kind of get it. Why would they lie to you? But why wouldn't they? What's the, you know, no pun intended, what's the fallout from it? Like, what has it been Anthem? I mean, that's a shit show too, and they've done some stuff like this as well. So what's, seriously, what is the repercussions for a developer going to these media outlets, showing off their game or talking about it, lying through their teeth to people? Nothing comes of it. Because you can't expect these reviewers, what, to go back and re-review the game after, what, it's been out for a couple of weeks or a couple of months after the initial sales come through? They're going to update it and say, like, oh, now they've added microtransactions? I mean, and this is it, but I don't know. It's just, yeah, I put this on the media because especially from their publishing house, that's Activision that's doing this. They did this with Call of Duty last year and I think the year before. So they've proven a track record where they have no shame taking a game shipping it as is getting awesome reviews or having their fan base really clamor about it and then sneakily months later adding microtransactions and pay to win portions or increasing the grind however whatever little way you want to cut it it's just really crappy stuff that they do so this publisher has a history of it and you just took them at face value not to mention 
when you got hands-on with this game, this shop was there. And there was no microtransactions in it, supposedly, and that's fine. But I'm sorry if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Chances are it might be a duck or just your creepy uncle playing cosplay from some weird anime show you've never heard of on Hulu. Either way, writing was on the wall, man. Like, you have a flippin' obligation. Like, I don't know how hard this is. I really don't. You get paid to do this, to keep an eye out on all this stuff. And for anyone that says, well, you know, it's not their, it's their job to review stuff and not keep out for predatory stuff or, or shady business brands, like, no, to me, they do. The landscape's changed. What you have to look for and why you have to look for it as a game reviewer or journalist now that you get paid to do, your whole job description, um, it still stays the same, but there's a new line you've added to it. And you are not doing your due diligence. You are not doing your job asking these questions. And I'm sorry if that pisses off your editor, if that pisses off certain people so you can't plaster your homepage with advertisement for the new Crash Bandicoot game because they're writing you a fat check. Or you're not going to get an invite to the behind-the-scenes multiplayer world premiere from Activision for their new Call of Duty game. Like, this is just insane, man. Like, this is nuts that this is getting just worse and worse and these outlets are so freaking just rolling on their backside for these people with their legs in the air. It makes no sense to me. But, you know, God forbid someone from, like, I don't know, CD Projekt Red does anything with cyberpunk, but, oh, we're outraged. We're so upset about all of that. They are homophobic. They are taking trans people and sexifying them and blah, and just going out of your way to make something out of nothing when there is something clearly in front of you, but you don't want to upset the balance of it of how these things go to me that is really wrong and we'll see but i mean the beauty of this i think because of practices like this they'll become more and more aware like activision is going to keep doing this they're not going to stop and other publishers are going to take a cue from them if they haven't already and they're going to keep doing this and it's going to get worse and worse before it gets better but to me the positive of it all because i think there is there's a huge positive out of this is you are going to see people in droves that are like, this is really jacked up and the normal outlets I go to, big or small or big or medium, they're just not doing it anymore. They're not asking these questions in the right way. It's not about being aggressive. It's not about getting in their face about it. It's not that. That is a completely different set of, or a different conversation to have of how you conduct yourself professionally when you're in this business. What I'm talking about is just do your job. The landscapes change, adapt or die. And I think what you're going to see is these people will not adapt. And you're going to see even a further push from whether it's podcasts or YouTube channels or, I mean, YouTube needs a competitor because this is ridiculous what people are not doing over there. Like YouTube's just a joke with people that try to voice their opinion in just different ways. And they can unfortunately get labeled and everything like that, as we know, and YouTube doesn't know what they're doing with their algorithm. And, and I mean, Google's just screwing up over there. We know that. But if I start a YouTube channel tomorrow with my dog unboxing stuff of dog toys, I'm going to be a mega millionaire by the morning. I can guarantee you that. So that's kind of where their priorities and their visions are right now with YouTube, right? But I think the positive from it is you're going to see a lot of other 
small time people, whether it's podcasts or any other type of competitor that comes from YouTube or people that are on Twitch or on Mixer, they're going to start presenting, they're going to get tired of it or they're going to say, hey, there's an audience for this. I'm going to present my idea of what I think journalism should be in this current landscape in my own cool way. And I think from that, we're going to just get more and more just really creative, cool content. And it's not just going to be, you know, click based thumbnails and people just like me bitching and moaning for an hour and what have you about a topic. Like we'll start having doors and windows open for us so we can become those individuals that do get face to face with these publishers and try to ask them some different questions in different ways that they're clearly not getting. So one can only hope, but I think that's what's going to be it. But yeah, that's just a very gross, shady thing. Now, speaking of Call of Duty, I would be remiss not to bring this up. So they had their uh, multiplayer reveal, the new Modern Warfare. It's being rebranded, redone, etc. And they released a teaser trailer or, or trailer today, or not today, a couple days ago, showcasing the, this new uh, multiplayer being that is the new Call of Duty. Again, multiplayer, huge thing when it comes to COD. And... I, I sit down, I get the notification over on YouTube, I, I sit down, I watch this thing, and I'm like, this looks fantastic, okay? And then I take a couple minutes, step back, and I, I go back and rewatch it. And this is the funniest thing to me. As I'm rewatching it, you know, I pause it, I go read the comments, I jump online just to kind of see everyone's reaction to it. And for the most part, it's, I would say, like, 90-10 is very positive. Like, people are losing their minds over this. Like, this looks incredible. This looks good. So I was like, God, this, this you know, and here are posting links to articles, talking with the developers of the new COD and, you know, Person X, who's the, the director of multiplayer, blah, 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 whatever these titles they are, they make up. And they're talking about, oh, we went back to the drawing board. We've reinvented not just Modern Warfare, but Call of Duty at a, as a game. And we've rebuilt the multiplayer from the ground up. And I'm I'm like, okay. So I started doing some more Googling. I found a bunch of links to, Lord and behold, these bigger journalistic websites that are covering and are getting hands-on with the multiplayer portion, like earlier builds of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, this feels so much different than any Call of Duty and, you know, all this other stuff. And I, you know, they're showing off some new game modes they have in. And they have this one version, it's called Night Mode or something in that regard, where the whole the whole level is pretty much pitch black without, but there's little droplets of light that they put in. And you put on your little uh, Sam Fisher you know, night vision goggles, you switch them, toggle them on and off, and then you could light up the map. So it looked really cool. Like I was like, okay, this is a really simple, but unique mechanic that adds a really cool layer. Like your laser and your gun shows, you know, and pers a person on the other team can see that, but there is no health bars. There is no names, things of that nature. Um, so it's a lot more slower paced approach. So I saw this, I'm like, that looks cool. Okay. This is great. So going through, and then I, you know, curious, I go back to Call of Duty World War II and start looking at the videos of that and their multiplayer trailer review. I start looking at the comments. I start finding links to the developers that worked on these games and what they were saying about it going into release. And then I look into Black Ops, what is it, four or five or whatever they did last year. So I start going through and I just see the pattern immediately, but I keep searching it just in case I, because I have my biases against this, this IP or more, actually, not this IP. I have biases against this comp, this publisher. And what do I see? I see the pattern. 
And it's the same freaking song and dance. The trailers are all the same. The multiplayer reveals they've done. Go and Google it. It's all the same thing. It's so cinematic. It looks like, oh my God, the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's always the same freaking song and dance they do. We went back to the drawing board. We've reinvented this. And what does Call of Duty really mean? What does multiplayer mean to all of us? We wanted to make a game that would change the world. So it's all the same shit. That's what it is at the end of the day. And I'm the last two Call of Duties that have been out have gotten great reviews on Metacritic. I'm sure this will not be any different. Just like when it does come out, it's going to be the same thing. Months down the road, we'll get microtransactions. So my point being is if you're excited for it, great. Just don't be upset when, you know, it's the same thing you've played already with just a more modern skin on it. So um, as we kind of go through here, I just got two more topics I want to touch on for this week's video game focused episode. And this is kind of a, this was interesting. So I'm, I'm not a big follower when it comes to streaming, whether it's Twitch or Mixer. I mean, I do streaming on my own every once in a while, kind of gotten away from it. And I've talked about in the podcast as to why, but it was kind of an interesting thing so Microsoft had this announcement. It was actually a trailer, and I got to give them credit. That was the trailer itself was kind of cool. They got that ninja guy from Twitch, and I don't know how much money they gave him, but I guarantee you it was not cheap. Um, I, I don't know how much money this guy does on Twitch per day. I know he's mostly Fortnite focused, and the numbers for all streamers for that game have definitely dipped. But holy smokes, he has signed an exclusive deal streaming rights with Mixer and Mixer only. Again, no official word on how much he got, no official word um, how long this exclusivity deal is. But yeah, he's done with like Twitch officially where he's built his base and his campaign. He's going to full on Mixer. Even if this guy's numbers are down, this is a huge get for Microsoft. Like this kind of takes Mixer to a different level. It's just gonna, you're forcing... A lot of people so even if half of his you know subscriber base switches over to mixer now that's half of people you didn't have before and that's substantial now you have them in your ecosystem and that's what it's all about so especially for someone like me who does stream occasionally on mixer but what about that other person that's always streaming on there it's a new set of eyeballs that uh, a new group of people that go to your platform and you as a streamer and up-and-coming one have a new audience um, possibly that could switch over and you know be your audience now and, and cross over with that so great get by them now as we kind of go into the wrap-up mode here the home stretch of this episode um, it's a segment I introduced a couple weeks ago and my first one about it was uh, remnant from the ashes a game I'm looking forward on so I wanted to add this and I know I've kind of I've I think made whispers about it before but holy smokes, I got a new new little game for Danny's watch list. So it's Danny's watch list segment. So with that said, Outer Worlds, uh, the new upcoming first person RPG from the incredible talented studio that is Obsidian Games. This is going to, I would imagine, be their last game before they switch over exclusively to Microsoft and developing games for the Xbox and PC. Um, keep in mind, this game is when it releases in the fall. It's going to be day one available on Game Pass, which is amazing. But this past week, they've been doing huge amounts of press pretty much for every outlet you can think of, no matter their size, really getting into the weeds and showing off this upcoming game. And uh, I can't wait to play it. 
but I think they have a huge hit on their hands. And when I see that, I think when this game comes out, it's going to get really good reviews. I think you'll see a lot of comments about bugginess, though, that there are some things wrong with it. And some people, unfortunately, will strip it down to just being a, you know, a Fallout New Vegas and sci-fi game. And I think it's going to be a lot more than that because their writing at Obsidian tends to be pretty top-notch. But this game just looks fantastic. It has a little bit of... Uh, that Mass Effect kind of humor to it that I like that or that companion aspect of it so it's going to be a little bit different in that regard but yeah this looks great I from what I can tell they are not skipping on RPG heavy mechanics to it they are really going for it and the companions the relationships are the dialogue all of it just looks fantastic and the reason it does is it just it, from what I've seen, it's buying into it on so many levels. It's forcing you to, well, not forcing you, but it's encouraging you to, when you select these dialogue options, to go ahead and work with your companions, you know, learn about their story. And I mean, the combat, I've heard some previews of it say like, oh, it's kind of outdated a little bit. It looks like a game that was made three, four years ago, that kind of thing. Hey, if you got to go back to basics, so be it, because that's what this game is. It's a throwback to games that we had around that time you know four or five years ago that we really don't have anymore so keep an eye on it cannot recommend it enough for my little watch list and i think this is definitely a game that when it does come out and i'm able to get through it i definitely want to do an awesome review for maybe even a a spotlight depending how good it is but yeah um outer worlds absolutely awesome from obsidian put on your list if you haven't already all right guys i'm gonna go do a little uh throwing a cheesy transition here for you and we'll switch over And we'll pivot, pivot to this week's TV and movie focus episode. Sit tight. Welcome back in, you guys, for part two of two of this week's Haven podcast. We're going to go ahead and switch on over to the incredible, amazing world of TV and movies. Um, As I said on part one, I was able to set up most of the new Danny room. I have upgraded closets from underneath the staircase Harry Potter style to now walk in I am like a full-fledged Hollywood beauty wife I love it it's incredible so um once that's wrapped up I got euphoria to watch tonight the the season finale for that cannot wait I'm actually going to try to do for next week this popped in my mind a little little show that I've watched a couple times and I refuse to finish up this season I'm, I'm just kind of over it I have no determination to watch it as orange is the new black Uh, The wife has watched it, so I'm going to see if I can encourage her to come on the podcast next week for the the season finale, you know, season two finale of the Haven podcast to give her official review for the Orange is the New Black because, yeah, I just have no no desire whatsoever to put myself through watching that show, even though it's the final season. I've invested so much time and kind of a, a lame duck year for season finales, but apparently some people love it, some people hate it. That's usually how it goes. Um, but one thing that most people did not hate, but absolutely adored and loved, and that's what I'm planning to do later this evening after Euphoria, is to sit down and watch a five and a half to six hour marathon, if you will, of Avengers Infinity War, followed by Endgame. Um, Endgame came out on a VOD release this past Tuesday. I've had a chance to go through and look at some of the special features, and there's some cool stuff they did, including Robert Downey Jr.'s original screen test for iron man one i thought was awesome that was a sweet little touch i really enjoyed that 
Um, so there's some cool things to do. I was a little disappointed with the deleted scenes, but I mean, the Russos know what they're doing. They have their finger on the pulse of, of this franchise. So they know how to streamline their project, but I'm very excited to go. And, and even probably on my next, I think this is viewing six or seven at this point. Um, you know, I'm not proud of admitting that of Endgame. I will make sure to watch it with the director and writer commentary turned on because that's what they did for Infinity War and they did it again for Endgame. And so far from what I've read, there's some amazing details and they dropped some little factoids in there that are part of MCU canon. So for a nerd like me, it is absolutely right up my alley. I eat it up all day, every day. I love this kind of stuff. But on to the news portions that are happening in the world of TV and film. Th this was awesome. I saw this kind of get reported a little bit and uh, people were running with it. So this past weekend, the big summer blockbuster movie that's released is Fast and Furious Presents. I kid you not, that is the exact title of it on Rotten Tomato. I, I had to do a triple take, but they're calling it uh, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. It's the new Fast and the Furious spinoff movie featuring uh, Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson. And I mean, it's gotten okay reviews. It made, I think, a good chunk of change. I think it was like a little over 60, which I'm surprised it wasn't 100 plus, to be honest with you, uh, for those two actors. But during this, at certain theaters that are part of the Regal branch, but then I read other theaters were picking it up, they dropped at a left flipping field a new teaser trailer. So it has not been released online at the time of this recording. I'm looking for it for Christopher Nolan's new movie i think it's called tenant um uh, so i i love this kind of just like out of nowhere teaser stuff and from my descriptions that i've read of it it's really nothing to it but i just love this idea of i love field in, in a time and age of the internet where nothing is a surprise ever anymore and everything's just pre-announced all the time just to have the swag for him to go in there and be like yeah just drop in the movie like beforehand people yeah whatever it's all good to go and so that's kind of been out there in the wild so i cannot wait for that uh to hit the web i'm sure it's going to be after this weekend like probably tomorrow will drop i imagine so we have that going on <clears throat> and we even got official news today that um we're not official news that's i'm jumping ahead on categories um, we do have a report, report of rumor coming out from Discussing Film. That's our source. And it looks like Indiana Jones 5, going to be directed by Steven Spielberg, is going to start filming reportedly April 2020 of this year. Um, Harrison Ford apparently is coming back to reprise his role as Indy. And so they're going to do two more of these, I'm sure. But this is just like, come on, man. I, I'm really shocked Disney gave the green light for this. I really am. I was fully expecting them to just reboot the series and go back to the drawing board and get a new actor in and someone to kind of quarterback it. But yeah, apparently this is all full go. They've had, I think, three different writers, and that's going to be interesting to see. I don't actually think George Lucas has done one iota of treatment on the script. And they may have just sent him like the latest version just as a courtesy. But yeah, I would be. I haven't seen anything reported that he has any like heavy involvement writing this, as he has the other prior movies. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm just surprised they didn't go in a different direction and reboot this new actor, new director, and, and things of that nature. We'll, we'll see what happens with it if this thing gets off the ground and Harrison Ford doesn't, you know, freaking crash his airplane into the set or something like that. Yikes. Um, moving on. 
we have um, even more. This is the official news portion coming out. This is happening, people. I never thought I'd actually see the day that this is. So unless something drastic occurs on set or as they go into it, the final stretch here, we are going to get our much anticipated. Well, I shouldn't say we. I'm finally going to get the much anticipated Halo TV show that should have been made forever ago. But yeah, it looks like they're going to start production later this year with a release on 2021 premiering exclusively on Showtime. Everything I've read about this, it sounds good. They're all saying the right things in the right way. How this actually translates to on screen, we shall see. Um, They are respecting the canon of Halo with that. And that's something that's very dear to the heart to a lot of people. Our main star is going to be Master Chief. So I'm kind of going through there looking at everything. And it's like, all right, they're going for it. But then I saw something. And it just, I was like, what the heck? Apparently, they casted somebody as like the 16-year-old child to be in the show. So if this is going to be like some freaking buddy cop thing with Master Chief and a kid, I'm going to lose my shit on it. Like, I understand it's Master Chief. He's the, the mostly the, you would describe the Chief as the strong, silent type, if you will. But this is like, are, are you going to try to use him like the kid as like that prop they use in writing when they're like, hey, give the main hero a dog, you know, or a pet. So you're, the audience is sympathetic towards them. Because if they're doing that with a 16-year-old child, uh, I'm not buying it. Kid actors ruin everything for the most part, unless it's Stranger Things. So, yeah, I saw that portion of it and I was just like, um, okay, this is going to be interesting. I don't remember uh, six. You just said you're respecting the canon and you're working with 343 on all of this. That's great. Sounds awesome. But you made up a new 16-year-old character to be like the company, the Master Chief. He's going to hold his little guns and run around. Like, this is just, I why do I have this feeling this is going to suck? That this is not going to be good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I hope I'm overreacting. Um, so moving on to our final two topics. This I saw, and this got me excited. For those that listened to last week's episode with my official review for Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the reports are coming out that when this thing kind of does its theater run and it's going to hit like the digital streaming sites, that he's going back to the relationship table with Netflix and he's going to release a special edition on Netflix of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, for those that are like, well, what the hell does that mean? He did this for The Hateful Eight, where he went through and he added a lot of deleted scenes and he switched it up. So all of a sudden, the you can go on Netflix right now and watch The Hateful Eight and it's broken up into four parts. Each part's an hour. So it's like a four-hour like mini-movie or a miniseries, if you will. I assume he's going to do the exact same thing for this. I never got a chance to go back and watch that version of it. I really would like to, just to see what he added in. But on the press tour, people like DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie were saying, no, there's a lot of things we shot and filmed that are all on the cutting room floor. They're all deleted scenes that are some of our favorite parts of this film that never made it into the final cut. These are the final parts, or these deleted parts are the ones that Tarantino has said, like, oh, no, I'm going to put that into the special edition if rumors to be believed. So I hope that comes to fruition. More of whatever he provides. Again, you guys know I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to him and his filmmaking abilities and the stories he wants to tell. And then last but not least... 
I only got to look at this. It, this is Netflix is just off their rocker because they do stuff that they, they make these exclusive, like not exclusive deals, but they do things where like they'll sign a big agreement with somebody like a filmmaker and they'll like, Hey, you're going to do a Netflix original movie for us. And you get super excited, but then they do stuff where it's like, what's his name? Marlon Wayans has like a new Netflix movie coming out where it's a ripoff of Eddie Murphy's nutty professor kind of thing. And it's like, oh, God, what is this? You actually gave money and wrote a check for production for this darn thing. And then there's stuff like this, where a while ago they announced, like, hey, the new, the next big Martin Scorsese movie is going to be exclusively on Netflix. And then after so long, we'll release it in theaters. So it's called The Irishman. You got Scorsese directing it, Robert De Niro in the lead. You got... Uh, Joe Pesci coming back uh, he hasn't acted in anything for the longest time he's going to be in it playing one of the mob leaders and then you have Al Pacino playing Hoffa and I, so I watched this trailer and it's just oozing with that Scorsese touch now the one thing about it that I saw that kind of didn't concern only well, actually did kind of concern me a little bit was they used that young regeneration CGI tech they've been doing on movies and it's gotten so much better you know vis-a-vis look at robert denny jr in silver war and you know compare that to when they did it was it God, what x-men movie was it i think it was the last stand they did it for patrick stewart and mckellen and it just looked like oh this is not as cool as you guys thought it looked so they use the same tech on robert de niro in this to make him look younger so from what i saw when they did the close-ups of it the few that they did they purposefully didn't do a lot it was very just like, ugh. and I don't know if that's just for the reveal of it, but there are certain shots they show him in young face where you're like, I, I, for me, at least personally, I was like, what in the world? Like, did they skip the budget on this? Like, what the hell is happening? I'm still excited nevertheless, but I could totally see this being like kind of janky looking and taking you out of the film. But I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. That's definitely, I think it's supposed to release this year. So just really cool, amazing stuff across the board. And when you feel like there's a drought with content from video games or even TV and movies, there's always something out there for you. And then you start seeing these announcements come up. And before we know it, you know, this time next year, we're going to be reviewing a new slate of stuff. So um, with that said, you guys, that's actually going to do it for me for this special edition of the Haven podcast. A little a little of column A, a little of column B for y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Um, as usual, if you like what you heard or you're even if you're mm, about it, lots of ways to support the podcast and help it grow. Some of those ways is by sharing with friends or family or by or actually probably more importantly, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, all that crap. Um, God, I feel so dirty every time I say that stuff. But uh, lots of ways you can do that as well as sending your listener questions to thehavenpc at gmail.com. Um, search us on Instagram over there. We have the official podcast page for that as well. So with that said, guys, that's going to do it for me. Again, hope you enjoy it. And I will actually talk to you guys this upcoming Friday and we'll go back to our regular scheduled programming for our weekly uh, video game focus episode of the Haven podcast. Thank you yet again, you guys take care.